That song never gets old, does it? And it is the truth. He is the anchor of our souls. Children's Chapel, you're dismissed. Who has Children's Chapel today? We're going to keep them in? Okay, that's good. That's fine. That is fine. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Luke. Luke 17 for our thoughts. Luke 17. Luke 17. There you go. All right, we're going to begin reading in verse 1. Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible, it is impossible, but that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged around his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. Thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. The apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, Ye might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. But which of you, having a servant, plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him by and by, when he is come from the field, Go and sit down to meat? And will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup and gird thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not. So likewise, ye, when you shall have done all those things which are commanded you, Say, we are unprofitable servants, for we have done that which was our duty to do. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for this day and this opportunity to come for your congregation and to share your word. Pray, Lord, you'll bless the breaking of the bread of life. You'll give me the words to say. Bring to my memory those things I've studied. May I preach with boldness and authority your truths. And Father, we thank you for the song service. Lord, Thank you for those that blessed us with song this morning. Lord, I pray that those songs have ministered to hearts. Father, now I pray as the word of God is proclaimed and preached, that your word will speak to hearts. And Lord, may your spirit have his way in our hearts and lives. And Lord, may we be moved for your honor and glory. If there's one here, Lord, that Knows you not in the free pardon of sin. May this be the day they come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ before it's too late. Be those prayer requests that have been written down. 
those that have been spoken, those that are unspoken on our hearts, Lord, we just pray that you'll intercede and your will be done according to your will. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. I want to speak to you a little bit about faith, but along with faith, I want to speak to you about faithfulness. You see, the two go together. You see, faith, what it does is it will produce faithfulness. And faithfulness will enhance faith. You see, the two go together. Sometimes I think we get it backwards. Well, I have a little faith. And notice Jesus is addressing the apostles here. And he's telling them that, you know, believe it or not, you're going to go out there into the world and not everybody's going to pat you on the back. Not everybody's going to say, glory to God. And when they trespass against you, and they asked you for forgiveness, I expect you to forgive them. Seven times in a day. Now, that don't seem like a whole lot. But for the average Baptist, seven times is way too much. Amen. But the Lord expects us, when someone trespasses against us, to forgive and to love them. And he's preparing the disciples and what, what I want to get to you this morning is this. Yes, the apostles had faith. But even they understood what the Lord was trying to teach, that they needed more faith so that they could do those things that he commanded them to do. And would you not all agree with me, we need faith. Amen? We need faith. Now, the Bible tells us, of course, that we're saved by grace through faith. The Bible also tells us in Hebrews 11 that without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that cometh to him must believe that he is, and he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And he also says this concerning faith. The just shall live by faith. But the apostles, as he's preparing them to go out and do kingdom work, he is allowing them the opportunity to ask and get more faith. And I, I don't know about you, but how many of us sometimes our faith wavers? Any ever, anybody here ever doubted the Lord? You say, you're a preacher, you can't. There have been times I've doubted. And that's why he uses this parable about the sycamine tree. And can I? Let, let's go there and I'll tell you what I'm fixing to say. I'll share it with you. Notice it says in verse 6. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed. How many of you have seen a mustard seed? They're tiny. In fact, most of them are about like the head of a pen. They're very, very small. But he says, if you have just that much faith, you can say to that tree to cast itself into the sea. Now, sycamore trees are noted for their roots. They're very deep. But what Jesus is trying to teach the disciples is if you have just a little faith, 
It's more than enough if you trust God. Now, if I was to say, Lord, to prove who you are, you take this pulpit and just lift it up to the ceiling. You must have little faith, preacher. Not enough faith. No. You see, faith is not based on what God can do because we know what God can do. There's nothing impossible. If God wanted to, he could pull that pulpit up and leave it suspended in the air as long as he wanted to. But here's the thing. It's According to if he's glorified or not in it. What does God have to prove anyway? Not a thing. He's God. He's able to do everything that we ask and pray for. But it's got our faith has to be based on does it bring honor and glory to God now how much faith does it take to be saved you got to have a lot of faith to get saved no little faith right sister little faith just enough to say I am a sinner I believe that Jesus died for my sins and he rose again just that much faith that ain't a whole lot but that little amount of faith will save you. But listen, in the process of time, as you are born again and you start to grow and live out your faith, guess what's going to happen? You're going to grow in faithfulness. And faithfulness is going to continue to increase your faith. Again, they go Hand in hand. So many people out there claim, oh, I have faith. And, and, and by the way, the, I do believe. There, there's folks out there that have strong faith. And the reason they've got strong faith is they've been saved for a long period of time. And they've placed that faith in God. And God has grown them. What do you think is called the faith? Christianity is called the faith. Do you have the faith? But my point is, there's folks that claim, though, that they have faith. But when the rubber meets the road, when that doctor comes to you and says, you're stage four, you better get your house in order, where's the faith then? They crumble. Now, don't get me wrong. I've never heard that from a doctor. For myself I'm praying that though if that happens I will know that God's will is going to be done and that I'm just going to have faith in his will for my life if it's his will to take me you can't scare me with heaven if he's going to 
let me live, but I'm going to have to go through chemo and radiation and go through all of these things. I have to have enough faith and trust that, you know what, he's going to give me grace to be able to get through it. But faith doesn't have to be super. It's just got to be a little. And that's the point he's making to the apostles about their faith. And I will give the apostles their credit where it's due. They understood, Lord, we need help with faith. They had trusted him. They had been with him. They saw his mighty and powerful works. They saw him heal the lame and the blind. They saw him feed a multitude with just two fish and five loaves of bread. They saw him raise the dead. So they had faith, but they were smart enough to realize that, you know what, Lord? Give us more faith. And would you not agree with me this morning? That's all what we need today is even more faith. Will the Lord find faith when he returns? I pray he does. Now, let's look at this. Notice what it says. The Lord said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say into this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. There is an act of faith. Listen, listen. faith always produces action. Always. Turn over to Mark real quick. Mark chapter 9. Is everybody there? Y'all are quicker than I am. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. And Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Okay, so listen. Anybody here says, oh, my faith is perfect. Who are you fooling? Who are you trying to fool? Go to Mark 11. Jesus basically is saying the same thing. In Mark 11 that he's saying here in Luke 17. Look at verse 23. I'll give you a moment. Mark 11, 23. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he what saith now again if you got out here and looked toward Lone Mountain oh, it's back this way I'm sorry and you looked at Lone Mountain 
and you said, Lord, I, in your name, have faith. You're just going to move Lone Mountain off. Do you believe it can be done? That's it, Sister Ginger. Did you get what she said? It can be if it's his will. Again, is anything impossible for God? No. But it's got to be his will, and it must, get this, glorify him, not us. Sometimes we get ahead of ourselves. And what I mean by that is, oh, we want to show off. I'll show you how spiritual I am. I'll show you how much favor I got of God. He'll do anything I say. Really? Watch yourself because you're fixing to bust your britches. Uh-uh. It must glorify God. It must be according to his will. <laughs> I heard a testimony one time on the radio and this woman and her grandmother went on a cruise anyways it was one of those spiritual cruises where had different preachers and whatnot anyways her grandmother got sick and anyways there was an old agnostic on that cruise and Anyways, they had this preacher and that preacher speak. And, of course, they were agnostic when asked, Well, what do you think? I don't believe a word of that stuff. You know, being an agnostic. But, anyways, he decided he'd go to the next meeting, you know, just to see what preacher's going to say. But as he walked by the table... There was a couple oranges. In fact, there was a bowl of oranges. And he grabbed a couple and put them in his pocket. And he got on deck and he started walking towards where the meeting was going to be. And he saw this little old lady, this grandmother of this girl, sitting in one of them lounge chairs. And she had fallen asleep, but she had her hands like this. So he thought, what a joke. He put two oranges in her hand. And he went on to the meeting having a laugh to herself. After that meeting, he came back by, and there she was, and she was eating an orange. And he stopped, and he says, Boy, that orange looks pretty good. She goes, Oh, she goes, this is an answer to prayer. She goes, I was praying to my father that he would get me some orange so that I might feel better. And look at what he's done. And that old agnostic shook his head and said, Your father, oh yeah, my heavenly father. And she began to share Christ with him. And you know what happened to that old agnostic on that cruise ship? He ended up getting saved. But again, that brought honor and glory to God. So when we do anything, it must be about honoring and glorifying God, not bringing attention to ourselves. 
not taking credit ourselves. Sometimes we like to take credit for what God does. Can I tell you, in my ministry, God has blessed me. I've, I've led several people to the Lord in my ministry, and I'm thankful. But you know what? I've never saved anyone. Not one. If I saved them, they would still be in trouble headed to hell. It takes Jesus and his blood to save, not me. Everyone I've ever won to Christ because the Lord in his mercy and grace reached down and saved that sinner. But I don't take credit. I don't take credit for anything because I can't. Because I don't do anything. He does everything. Now, Notice the next lesson. That's faith. So does everybody have faith? The Bible says we all have the same measure of faith, but it's up to us to build upon that faith. So we need to have faith. And I like what Jesus says. It don't have to be a large amount of faith. Just a little bit like a mustard seed. Because there's power with the Lord, right? Now, he's going to start talking about faithfulness now. And again, if I was to ask you, don't raise your hand and don't embarrass me or yourself. If I was to ask you, are you faithful to the Lord? I mean, are you truly faithful? Do you pray? Do you study God's word? Do you come to church when the doors are open? Do you share your faith? Can everybody here say, oh, that's me? We would be lying if we said we're 100% faithful. Now, I don't want you to use that as an excuse. Oh, I'm just a poor old sinner saved by grace. Listen, God didn't save us to sit on our blessed assurances. Amen? He didn't do that. He saved us to serve. And we should serve him. Faithfully, you say, well, why should I serve him? Have you already forgot what he did for you? You understand? It was he that took your place and my place on the cross. It was he that took our sin upon himself and suffered the judgment of God for each one of us plus the whole world. Have you forgot that? Have you forgot that he promised to take us to spend eternity with him even though none of us deserve heaven have you forgot you've been bought with a price he owns me he owns you if you're saved he is our master he is our king understand this morning. Now he's talking about faithfulness. Notice what it says. But which of you having a servant ploweth, or plowing, I'm sorry, or feeding cattle? First of all, there's that word servant. Understand, child of God, we're servants. Amen? We're servants. And notice plowing and feeding. 
Sounds a lot like shepherding to me. You see, we have to sow the seed of God's Word and we have to harvest what we've sowed through the power of God by sharing Christ to a lost and dying world. And then he says you feed. Well, the church's responsibility is to feed the flock. That means we are to, yes, teach them the Word of God and disciple them and to encourage them. That's the purpose of the church. And, And let me say this. I heard... Heard someone say, I can't remember who it was, but I heard someone say that, you know, the pastor is the head of the church. No, no, never, no, no. Under shepherd, okay, I'll agree with you there. God has put the church in the pastor's hands to feed and direct and to lead. But no, 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 no. The church has only one head. And that's the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who gave his life for the church. Amen. A lot of misconception out there. Notice what he says. But but which of you having a servant plowing or feeding cattle will say to him by and by when he's come from the field, go and sit down to me. Now understand. Servant. He'd been out in the field all day. Plowing. Feeding. And I'm not talking about a two hour job. It was from sun up to sun down. Out there. Toiling. All day long. And then when he's done with the day's work, he comes in. He doesn't expect the master to say, take a load off, sit at the table, and let me wait on you. No, 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 no. You're a servant. You still have work to do. After you serve the master, you feed him, and you give him what he needs. Then, and only then, are you allowed to eat and drink. You say, that doesn't seem very fair. After all, they labored all day. Listen, that's the problem with the average church today. Our attitude is we're owed. We don't owe, or we aren't owed anything. We owe God everything. That's what I'm trying to say. But we have an attitude of we're self-entitled. In fact, this whole country has that me only attitude me what's in it for me give me I want me to have child of God listen if you belong to him then he's called you to serve him don't moan and groan gripe and complain Do your job. And listen. Because of your faithfulness, God has promised to reward you in this life. But just think 
what he has waiting for us. That's right, sister, in heaven. Think about what's waiting for. But while we're here, we are to toil and serve him. And we don't stop till the job's done. Amen? Now, notice what he says in the next verse. He says, And will not rather say unto him, Make ready whereof I may sup, and gird thyself, and serve me till I have eaten and drunk, and then afterwards thou shalt eat and drink. That's what he's saying to the servants. And then look at the next verse. Doth he think that servant, because he did the things that were commanded him, I trow not. I think not. I don't think so. Understand, you have been bought with a price, you are a servant, and your service is serving him. And the sad, sad commentary on the church today is, well, Lord, you know, we get tired. Lord, you got to give us a break every now and then. I don't ever remember reading anything in God's word that said Jesus, when he was carrying the cross, said, let's stop, i got to rest. I'm tired. No. When he was on the cross, it doesn't say that he just says, oh, I can't even speak, I'm so overwhelmed. And by the way, he had every right to be. But no. He still cried out. There's seven sayings. If you'll read the crucifixion, there's seven things he said. But he didn't just, oh, I'm just too tired. No. And it says, And will not rather say to him, Make ready wherewith I may sup, and gird thyself, and serve me till I have eaten and drunken, and afterwards thou shalt eat and drink. Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not. So likewise, get this, when you shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say we are unprofitable servants, we have done that which our duty was our duty to do. That which was our duty to do. You see, I can preach and I can teach you till I'm blue in the faith about being faithful, being committed, and serving the Lord with a glad heart. I can do that year after year after year, and you'll never do it until you come with the right spirit and attitude and that is Lord I do it not because I have to I want to because I love you and what you did for me that's the only thing that's going to make you do it because you know I hate to even say this but us old rednecks we usually bow up someone tells us what to do I even bow up with my wife when she tries to give me directions. I just bow up. Ah, we men, why, why is that a problem with us men? 
You know, it's just, it's, it's an issue. We bow up. We don't like our women telling us. I don't know, sister, that's what I'm asking you. Tell me. I, it's, just, it's just in me. I know nine out of ten times she's right. And we hate to admit it. Or at least I do. But the bottom line is this. The bottom line is this. We are to be faithful in our service. And the only thing that's going to make us faithful is our love for him. You see, that's what we have to remember. And yes, he's going to reward you. But don't get the attitude that you're owed. Well, Lord, I'll do this, but you're going to have to really reward me for this. You ever heard a statement like that before? I have. I'll go, but Lord, I hope you're writing this down. He don't have to write anything down because he's all-knowing. Amen. He's all-powerful. And he's everywhere at once. That still just blows my mind. He's in this service, and guess what? Preacher friend of mine in Hot Springs, Brother George Vincent, he's been here before. He's preaching. Well, that was two hours ago. But he was there in the midst. Because that's God. But listen, we should do it because we love him. So I don't know where you're at with your faith. And I don't know if you're as faithful as you should be. But if you're saved, you should have a desire to please the Lord. And you should do the best you can do to serve him. Now, are we going to mess up from time to time? Yes. Are we going to get lazy? (laughs) Yes. But we should have that desire. That desire. Faith and faithfulness sewn together. So I hope, if you're under the sound of my voice, you have faith. And if you don't have the faithfulness that you once had, then come to the altar and say, Lord, I need help. I want to be faithful. Second, we talk about faith. Yes, we got to have it. But it doesn't take a whole lot to call on the Lord and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I believe you're who you said you are. I believe when you died, you died for me. Forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and be my Savior and Lord. If you have just a little faith to believe and pray that prayer, He will save you right here and right now. See, that's one thing that I'm assured. I was an old sinner, undone, separated from God, and I recognized I was a sinner. Can I go ahead and tell you something? Until you recognize that you're lost, you can't be saved. That was the thing that tripped me up for a long time. Because I always had the attitude, well, I'm as good as they are. 
Christian, be careful how you live because somebody is watching. Not only is God watching, but your neighbor's watching. Your co-worker's watching. Your classmate is watching. Be careful. I would hate to find out the testimony I had caused someone to bust hell wide open. But if you have just that much faith concerning being saved, come to the altar. Test him. I assure you, he'll save you if you'll come. So, whatever your need is, you can trust the Lord. And even when we let him down, and we do, dear Lord, I, every day I fell in some fashion. Even when I do, I know he's never once failed me, nor will he ever. And even though I don't please him at times, he has assured me that I'm his child. And I am secure. And I will go to heaven. Not because I deserve to go, not because of anything I've done. But it's all because of who he is and what he did for me and you. Amen. So would you?